Cooking with Chopsticks. The truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chang. Li Wen, are you sitting down or are you laying down while we're talking? I am half sitting, half laying. Comfortably. Half sitting, half laying. <laughs> Comfort, comfortably. Okay, I see. This okay. is lying half Maybe. flat. Okay, lying half flat. Well, we, uh, I asked you because um, we want to talk about, well, not lying half flat, but lying flat, right? What, what is lying flat, actually? What does it mean? And we know lying flat is lying flat, yeah? What is the deeper meaning of it? Can you explain that? Yeah, lying flat, translated directly from the Chinese word tangping, is a buzzword on the internet, on social media in China. It was invented by the younger generation, mostly the millennium generation, as a gesture of uh, protest. They are calling for their generation to not join the competition in the society because they are overloaded with a system that is exploiting them and abusing their labor and not giving them care in any way and even lead to early deaths of the younger people due to overwork and etc. So Lying Flat is like a movement online that started, I think, um, a year ago, something like that. And this word has now been banned, <laughs> more or less. I mean, not completely banned, but there were quite some social media groups that has been erased from the Chinese social media platforms because the government is very much afraid that, that the millennium generation will stop working as cheap donkeys in the system. Okay, so to, to get that straight, there is, a, there is basically a movement in China that says, uh, inspired by young people, who says we're done with this kind of system, with the overload of work, You are captured in this wheel. Yeah, you don't even get decently paid. That totally contradicts the development of China within the last 30, 40 years, while we always heard like the Chinese people are prepared to work very hard yeah. and uh, to gain some wealth, to uh, become a prosperous country. And suddenly there's a group of people who totally oppose these ideas. Mm, younger generation mostly, yeah. Do you think this is something suddenly pops up or is it a slow development that was just like um, boiling under the surface. Yeah, if you think about this, it's very interesting. I very often think about this as the uh, equivalent of the Indian Gandhi's non-cooperative uh, movement, which is to not cooperate, uh, by protesting by not cooperating with a system that is mercilessly abusing its power, which I believe have been there, these sentiments have been there for a long time. But in the past four decades, China has this very optimistic economic miracle. Everybody was still feeling rewarded. Like I work my ass off, but I earn more than my father or my mother. And so I have a better future than my parents. And If my children work harder, then they will be better than me, mm -hmm. right? 
But since China entered the stage of this like middle income trap, when the income sort of is frozen, has been frozen for more than a decade, and yet real estate prices have more than doubled. It's very hard for the people to see the hope. Or the justification. So the idea of lying flat could also mean like a placebo battlefield for higher wages. Had this movement risen in case of higher wages as well, or do you think it would have risen anyway, regardless of the wages? I think the combination of factors are important because there is a kind of insecurity. The mentality is that if I could earn more money, I'd do it. You know, you acquire security, safety for your own family or for yourself.、Um, so if they are paid more, like they still work their ass off without protesting because they still feel that there is, they have a grip on their lives. This、mm. is very Chinese. In Europe, you cannot understand that because I see people in Europe they would rather to have three months holiday, in, and give up a lot of salary. And in China, it's not the case. In China, you need the money to go to、uh, to care for your parents.、Uh, there is no like functioning health insurance. Whenever you have a bit of sickness, you realize that the health insurance only cover a very small part of it. And if you have a chronic disease, then you are dead. Basically, if you don't have money, you don't have the treatment that you need. So basically, everybody wanted want more money. So if the salary keep on rising, people will still strive for it,、mm-hmm. but that is, you know, not the case. That's why they lose the direction. Definitely, it's a luxury in Europe that compared to China,、uh, people can choose to get a lower salary because they still earn enough to make up a living, which kind of gives them the feeling of life quality, right? Because the traveling or the break of、uh, three months, for example. Is part of their life quality, so this is a luxury position. If you do this in China, you immediately get into existential trouble. This is the、mm. difference. But then there are different、right. class, social classes. Of course, we we must not forget that the social class distinction in China is much bigger than in Europe. China is like among the top countries that have the biggest wealth gap. So、uh, you would see that lying flat actually come originated from. A group of day workers, they are called 三河大神 the god in 三河 Why call them gods? Because they are like the Chinese ancient Taoism gods. They don't care about tomorrow. They only live to, for today. So lots of these un, un, like、uh, very cheap labors at the bottom of the society. They go to the labor market every day. To to wait for people to call them for some labor work, mm-hmm. and they work. Well, we have that in Europe as well, right? Yeah,、mm-hmm. they work for one week and then they go home to lie flat, or they go somewhere else to play for a while to drink and smoke, and then use up the money, and then come back again. This sort of thing has not appeared in China for a long time since the opening and reform of China. Everybody was trying、mm-hmm. to accumulate wealth and change their social classes.、Uh, Southeast Asia, you see this kind of phenomenon very often, but in China it was not that common until recently. So this is this is the underdogs, and then now the middle class kids started to imitate. 
<laughs> there are lots of these. Um, they call it survival brochure of um, flying flat for these sort of middle class kids that were deleted from the internet. Now, how is it possible that the parents' generation was not able to convey to their offspring that it is a well? This is just the stage in which the country is and 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 the workforce is and that this is a necessary part to develop their own wealth and their country why do you think were they not able to convey that to the younger people because actually i mean china is very traditional and and and, and family's words are very significant to children parents parents attitude and and their their will for their children what to do and And, and how to develop. Why is this movement able to develop in this, under these circumstances? Again, there are two classes that we are talking about, the underdogs and the middle class, right? With the underdogs, like the, the, the cheap laborers, they are all sort of uh, working in the city. They have drifted away from their villages, from their, their family, to go to the city to to pick up some leftover food, basically. That's the metaphor I use um, for their survival and etc. And they see that their labor cost is very low and, and in the city is getting so expensive, you know that, to survive. And if you if you look at the middle class, it's a different, slightly different situation because the generation of millennium, they are mostly single child, which means their parents would have bought apartments and their grandparents from both parents would have bought apartments too. So a single child would have at least three uh, real estate properties waiting for them to inherit. That's a different mentality. Probably it's a common development for every country reaching a stage of industrialization like China is, that at a certain point, the workforce puts into question the way they have to be integrated into workforce is the right way or not, because they have the economical background or sustainability to that they can afford this kind of, of, of lifestyle. Um, it, yeah. it's a, well, it sounds like a very normal development in, in, a, in, a, in a saturated society or in a more and more saturated society, right? Yeah. If you feel, if you feel hunger, you wouldn't even think about it because you need food, You need to feed your, your family and stuff. So yeah. you're over that point. So what do you start about? You start about thinking how to improve my life without working more, rather working less. What else do we have than this kind of safety for our existence? There must be more. So basically, um, it looks like this is just what happens to these kind of countries entering these stages. But of course, I don't think we should exaggerate the participants, the number of participants in this whole movement. But um, because lots of young people still are striving for a more stable life, they run like in the hamster, in the hamster's world mm -hmm. every day mm -hmm. in the hope that one day they, they could retire early. But generally speaking, there is this, this movement simply reflects a sort of dimming of hope, losing of hope in the generation because they don't see any hope. Hope for hope for, for for what? Hope for that 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 they have to work less. Hope for having a decent life, basically. Uh, what is decent? How would they define decent? 
In my generation, I could say we had a decent life. You work harder, you earn more, you get more financial security, you invest in real estate, you get your guarantee of like at least a certain kind of safety net、um, from your financial investment for your old age. For this generation, they have the feeling that even if they work until the age of eighty. They would still be poor. They would still not be able to afford the basic needs, like、uh, house and like houses, because real estate prices are so high, and etc. etc. And not to say children. And this is another interesting topic, because we talk because this will lead to. Actually, the the government has responded to this movement somehow in a different way, because the young people refuse to have children, right? Because they want to lie flat, and they don't want to have children anymore. Because having children is such a costly thing in China, that they 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 really have、um, China really have a demogra- demographic problem.、Uh, that basically means there is. Sharp decline, dropping off the cliff of the newborn babies, especially since the beginning of the pandemic. So that's why the government got into a panic in the last、uh, census, population census, and now the government is rolling out a series of outrageous measures to try to lure and force. Young people back into having a lot of kids. Yeah,、did、I you, know. Did you hear some of them? Well, I know that they one city, one city. I don't know which one now uh, provides uh, money for each. Well, for the second and third kid you have,、uh, if 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 you give birth to a second or third child, you, yeah, you you give、that、money. That is one thing. I think like、uh, how much is it? Eight hundred yuan or so a month for three years. Five hundred or something. Five hundred.、Yeah. So this is kind of little steps into that direction, right? To to, but you know, I mean, I, I'm not sure if it really works.、Uh, if you see, we have very proper、uh, support in Germany for your children from the first one on,、uh, and you get it for at least until they are 18. So you get a support,、uh, and and still, the birth ratio、uh, ratio per woman in Germany is well below two, which is two less. So the the measures are very very、uh, comprehensive. So first of all, there are lures giving you a bit of money, which is not yet everywhere because local government is now struggling also with the tax revenue due to the pandemic. So I'm not sure how many of them can afford this. And then second is to use brutal forces, for example, forbidding people from divorcing. So China has urging people to get married. The propaganda machine is on full gear. To promote the benefit of marriage, and then, in the past year, you have seen that the court has been very reluctant to approve of divorce appeal. So, the the approved divorce cases have dropped by half in this early half of the year, which means the court has received orders from the government not. To approve any divorce, so there was a very ugly cases case recently in the province in the Jiangsu province, in which a woman 
is, has filed five times for a divorce with her husband, who is in jail for raping the woman's mother, who is his mother-in-law, repeatedly. So he was in jail for raping his mother-in-law and his wife filed for divorce, and the court rejected her four times. So it's very brutal. It's always at the cost of women of women, you know, that when government want to control the womb of people, it's always in the, in, at the cost of women. Not to say many divorce cases that relates to domestic violence. And it's, in China, it's very hard to prove domestic violence because the, the criteria for evidences is just way too high. Like, it's almost impossible to prove that. Because the court simply doesn't recognize, for example, daily verbal abuse or whatever is domestic violence. And so this is another case. And the recent brutal force, brutal measure is to cut down the whole industry of off-school education. There is a sort of like fierce competition in the Chinese educational system, which adds to the financial burden of the family. So many, many parents send their children to the off-school tutoring class, which cost a lot of money. But Sometimes that, uh, several, several hundred euros a month. Yeah, I mean, it can be without limits uh, for the rich family, but for the middle class, yes, it costs them half of their month's salary sometimes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so uh, people complain about that, but nobody can stop it because if other kids are doing it and you don't do it, Your, your kids cannot get the opportunity to enter college, to good education. So the government, to make sure to reduce the burden of the parents, used very harsh measures to crack down on this off-school tutoring. It resulted in some high-profile cases like police storming into a teacher's uh, home, house, and arrest him in front of his students <laughs> of off-school tutoring class. And et cetera, et cetera, and announce it on official media, humiliating them and et cetera. So now a whole industry, which is like billions of dollars of worth of the off-school off online tutoring as well, is cut off completely. But, but how, how, how do they want to make up with this gap? I mean, apparently it is very necessary. A lot of people see it uh, urgently necessary to tutor their quits uh, beside the Uh, regular curriculum at school. How do they want to make up with that if, if this is not allowed anymore? So w what about the level playing field for people who just get an education at a, at a lower level school uh, compared to the high level schools um, quality wise? If there, is, if there is no option now to, uh, to balance that out with extra lessons beside the normal curriculum, It, it looks like that this share of society is not integrated anymore in the, in the, uh, in the outlook for wealth or in the outlook for, for progress. I mean, there are two, two, two parties involved in this. The first party is the, is the parents, right? The parents' anxiety will still be there. Like the parents have seen the good times of China, open and free competition and everything. So they want, of course, their anxiety is to them. They want their kids to receive better education and to win in the competition. So I bet 
whoever has a bit of way to, for example, hiring a teacher to their own house for tutoring, for private tutoring. That could still happen, this kind of secret thing. But there might be other jealousy, jealous parents who will report. Are we, so, so let me get that straight. Are we talking really about that it would be forbidden that you invite a private teacher to tutor your kid at home? It's definitely forbidden for teachers to give off-school tutoring. I still, don't, I, I still don't understand actually why. Just to avoid families to spend half of their money for tutoring their kids? Yeah, 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 exactly. To, to actually, sorry, to do that. Okay, okay. So that, they, that people find a motivation because we have more money, so maybe we get a second kid. Yeah, and also time, right? It's not only money, but also time. Their parents well, have to spend time to send the kids to the, drive, uh, to the tutoring school. So uh, from the government perspective, the government is using this sentiment of lying flat and said, you want to lie flat, I cancel the competition so you can lie flat and still have children. But why does the government crack down on lying flat movement by censoring? Well, that's the beauty of totalitarian society. <laughs> oh, how beautiful. Everything has to come from the official power. Every decision, every movement, everything. Everything good or everything that fits into people's uh, need has to come from the totalitarian government. The government is the omnipotent, like all good, doer. No one else can claim anything good outside the government. That is how they keep absolute power. You know, I think basically it's a, it's a good thing for a society if young people take their break, take a deep breath before they enter their working life. In, in Europe, in the US, in saturated countries, it's very common that young people after graduating, looking for a trip for a year long sometimes, to just figure out what they want, um, where they want to end up, in which industry, well, and also to really take a deep breath after school, especially in China, school is very challenging and it's uh, competitive in Europe and in the US as well. And so you, you, you take that break And before you fall into a deep depression, because after graduating, you immediately enter a company and start working 966 or whatever, uh, but very long working hours. You take really like one year off and just see how you as a person develop. So I think for every society that reaches a certain level of wealth, it is a normal and it, it, it is a good development. And then I wonder that the government does not see this as a benefit for it because if you have exhausted exhausted pupils and students coming out of school immediately entering the workforce you can count down in a very short time till they end up with a depression or with just no motivation anymore at all their inspiration their innovation uh, their creativity their innovation power everything is actually uh, down because they they are so exhausted so i would i would recommend every government to understand this as a, as, a, as, a, as a good thing for society when these kids are the, are the future innovators and future creators of, of, of the industry. Um, give them some space to develop. And, and still the government cracks down on it. And then I wonder, is it probably because immediately 
when you have in a totalitarian system some people who start to share the same mindset about a certain thing and let it be very unpolitical, just people saying, I want to lay flat, I want to be more lazy, I don't want to work that hard. And then people gathering with the same idea, the same sentiment, and that becomes like a bigger group. And immediately in an authoritarian system, a government cracks down on it because they are scared of any, ra any bigger group sharing the same mindset. What they try to do is they isolate these people from each other. Yeah, sure. Scared of people sharing the same mindset, let it be political or not. Just too many people sharing the same ideas, not good for an authoritarian country. I think, um, I mean, if we want to analyze the Chinese government thinking, it's, it always have to, we have to see that they are in really uh, trapped at the moment. Because, I mean, of course, they would understand to give the young people some time and etc. to make them happy might be good for the government, but it's threatening the economic development from the perspective, especially if they don't have more children. Why? Because every country that rose from poverty to middle income the country is doomed to encounter this middle-income trap, which means this, this um, when a country's average income of the citizen reach this middle level, and the country cannot really smoothly transit into a sort of a different economic model, then the whole country is fucked up because the labor cost has risen. Right and the the yet the uh, countries still rely heavily on cheap labor production to export and to consume, because government has not really done their best to mend the social uh, wealth gap. It's so very significant. For, oh, sorry. Yeah. It's very, it's yeah, very significant. For, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs> you go ahead. You go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. No, I think it's very significant for, for an authoritarian system that you mentioned it kind of before, that instead of just watch a development in society and then react to it, but not in a restrictive mean, but rather in a, you know, let's see how we, what, what develops in this, in this, in our society and let's see how we can funnel it into uh, into benefit for our own interests, they don't. Yeah, yeah. They they don't accept any development of any de of any movement. Immediately before something really develops, boof, they crack down on it. Very significant for authoritarian systems. It's also a lack of. I see desperation here, with all these means that the government is taking. They are desperate. The Communist Party is desperate because it doesn't know how to keep on running. It's a high-speed railway that the, the train is charging forward and they cannot control it because once it slows down, immediately you will see large population affected by unemployment, which is already the case. It's only that the official data doesn't reflect it because people don't register for unemployment in China because there's no benefit, not much, like basically the benefit from the government's unemployment um, subsidiary is 
very pathetic. And the government know that, and they want the economy to pick up again in this pandemic time, which bring them, of course, back into the old way of thinking. Like, let's have more population. Let's like pick up again with the our old model, which is cheap labor. Um, people don't like that, and China still dominate the world manufacturing center position. Because the government is also scared to see that some, quite some of the、uh, companies are testing the water in Southeast Asia, for example, in Vietnam and Malaysia, to move the factory there where the the labor is cheaper. If you immediately, as a, as a government, immediately crack down on on these kind of new movements, you also provocate new dissent in your yeah, society because people who might go along with the system basically feel like. Just on the lowest level of urgency of being more individual, they feel like they are forbidden to to develop in this in this direction, and and that I'm I'm convinced that this produces a lot of dissent. So actually, the government、uh, piles up a problem, right? By instead of instead of Trying to integrate society and people and make it and unified and harmonize、mm, it. That is why they are putting Xi Jinping's thoughts into the obligatory class at the、uh, subject into the primary school, which means primary school kids have to recite、uh, Chairman Xi Jinping's thoughts, his his little red book、uh, that imitates Mao's red book.、Um, primary school children. Have to recite that, just like the Red Guards had to recite on Mao's Red Book. <laughs> you know these phrases of beliefs. These beliefs, it it sounds a bit, maybe for 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 Western people, it sounds、uh, like kind of ridiculous, letting children recite Xi Jinping's thoughts. But if you if you remember your own childhood and think about. Some things that are really implanted in your head, because someone always told you again and again and again. It's so hard to get rid of these beliefs、exactly. when you're getting older. Although you know it might be not the wrong belief, but it's so. For instance,、uh, for 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 example, my grandma, when she like、uh, back then when the Deutsche Mark was uh, uh, still uh, in use and not the euro as a currency in Germany. When when I was when I was a teenager or so, and she gave me like fifty marks, and the first thing she always said like, "But you save it, right? Save it. You save it." <laughs>、yeah. So it was seeded in my mind that it is very important to always save money to 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 sustain your existence. And now that I'm try to be grown up, I feel how hard it is to. To get rid、Not、of this fear, yes, exactly, and well,、yeah. just to 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 get rid of that idea that you always have to think about the existence. Yes, of course, in a certain way, I, I, it makes sense. But we're hindering ourselves in doing a lot of things and develop in our personal, individual、uh, desire and mindset because we always have in mind this kind of oh oh I need to be safe. I need to be safe. And so this, I think, is the result of the beliefs we have 
hammered into our heads when we were young. And now imagine yeah. you're a, child, a, 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 a kid in kindergarten in China and you start reciting the thoughts of Xi Jinping. When you grow up, when you're 20, 25, 30, you have these thoughts in your mind and they will definitely steer your further development and your way of thinking. This is what the government wants. And uh, so it, it's not as ridiculous as it might sound sometimes, but this is a very early stage of brainwashing and uh, building, creating, yeah. creating members of your society. You want them the way, the way you want them to be. I, I, I mean, I give you one case that really, really um, make me feel very, very sad which is my conversation with a group of feminists from China. We chatted and then previously we have dis discussed about the 20th century of revolution in China and the huge cost of human lives and all the miseries brought by Mao Zedong's move, uh, revolutionary crackdown And brutal slaughter and starvation and etc. and political persecution and etc. in China in the 20th century. And <clears throat> so I talk repeatedly about this topic with them. But one of them kept on saying, kept on telling me, I know your opinion about Mao. I have also read all these materials, but I simply cannot bring myself to dislike him, probably because I was brought up worshipping him. Well, if you're at that point, at least you have the reflection to understand that. So this is a, oh, this is a huge step forward. Really to maybe, really uh, it's really tough. I know, really I know. Tough. But if you don't even see that, if you don't put that, when you, when you just say, no, no, Mao is right, uh, and you don't know why you're saying that, pretty hard to... to, to yeah. To get rid But of that you can idea. imagine, even after they are exposed to all these true truths, they, it's it's still hard for them to get rid of this sort of brainwash when they were you, little. You saw the two Olympians, the two uh, cyclists from China who wear the Mao button on their chest yeah, yeah. for the And medal that ceremony. Was a big discussion, not discussion. There was a big war on the Chinese social media against the Olympic uh, Committee for demanding China to write a report about this. You can see from basically there are, of course, government hired trolls online accusing the IOC, International Olympic Committee, for double standards and attacking China and etc. But there are also a lot of people, because of the brainwash they receive, genuinely believe that the whole Western countries uh, are united to attack China and China has done nothing wrong in this. So that is, that is how brainwash can work. Back to our topic, which is there will be resistance, there will be dissatisfaction, but the government is also very powerful in brainwashing people in, and it has already cultivated a generation of brainwashed people, well, even though they are angry, they would not point to the fundamental problem of the system, which is the one-party rule. They will always say it's because of this official, it's because of that official, and uh, they are incompetent or they are corrupt, so let's get rid of them, we will have a better life. 
So that's the logic there now. Hmm. Do you think two athletes are doing such an action by them, as, as such a gesture by themselves? Or, you know, because the background was that a day before the US, uh, US uh, shot putter, she was on the medal ceremony and she raised her uh, arms uh, above her head Uh, to to protest for social or against social injustice and against racism, and uh, she got away with it basically. And a day after, the Chinese put their their mouth on me, the chest. Chinese athletes are uh, going to the Olympics are all national national athletes who are part of the system. They are the symbol of the party's rule. They have been growing up in a sort of military camp style sort of training camp. So they belong, they are trained and sponsored, sponsored by the state um, to be trained very intensively every day and receive very little uh, education otherwise. Like they, they don't have really decent education. Most of the time they, they are just trained their body is trained for the competition. So many of them don't really have a lot of like basic knowledge um, compared to the, the you know, school students. And also whatever they do from their diet to the one people that they date to every sentence, they sh every gesture they make in public is strictly monitored by the government. So there is no way that they wore these mouse badges out of their own voluntary initiative. They mm. are machines. They are obedient. Unless they so, know this is completely approved by the government. This is encouraged by the government. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it. So it was the Chinese team, well, like picking these two for this political gestures. It was not the athletes deciding by themselves to do that. No. Nobody dare to do that. Even, Even if it's pro decoration, you, you have to get approval. Well, okay, we're getting a little off track. Uh, but the Olympics is also a very, uh, very exciting subject and to see how it is politicized. And uh, uh, not only in China, but especially, especially, especially in China. Do, do you, have you heard about that case from the, from the weightlifter? Uh, she, uh, what was her name? Ho Ying or something? Uh, she won the gold medal in any weightlifting contest and um, she was uh, she was photographed by a Reuters uh, when she lifted her what is that called like the well the weight like something about 90 kilograms she lifted and the news about her victory was combined with this picture and of course an athlete who pushes 90 plus kilograms with a body weight of 47, uh, you see in her face that she is kind of really tensed in this moment. Of course, I mean, you're pushing a lot of weight up, right? And uh, the, the embassy in Sri Lanka, uh, well known now for its nationalistic uh, wolf warrior diplomacy and um, Twitter publications, uh, put this news on with a photo and claimed that Reuters actually was doing that intentionally to make Chinese athletes look ugly and bad publicly. 
Yeah, there are many, many things here. It's just like、um, an old Chinese saying: 欲加之罪，何患无辞 If you want to blame someone, you can find all the excuses to blame them. And first of all,、um, this, but this is a very ridiculous case because no Western readers or viewers would see this moment as ugly. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's actually a moment of power, of human power. It's actually very, very impressive. But in China, everything is fake. Everyone has to just show certain faces, the public figures, so as not to divert from these so-called perfect examples and perfect image. It's a fake country. It's full of propaganda. National leaders' faces have、uh, pictures have to be censored. Like you cannot take photo of Xi Jinping with、uh, and publish it without the approval of the official censorship department. And <clears throat> nationalist、uh, national athletes are also the national symbol. You know that for totalitarian countries, national athletes are very important weapons of soft power. So they want to also control that image, and this is what we are seeing. Is that a reason why? Why apparently every Chinese leader never in public、uh, like has any different face than the one like that looks always the same? You know, it's like it's like a mask. If you see Xi Jinping or Hu Jintao. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. I mean, this they, they started from Mao Zedong's time. Always the same. They don't, you know. Of course, sometimes there is a little smile on their face, but that's the utmost. But basically, they always have the same face in public when they move around. Exactly. Not in pictures, exactly. but in, in, in、yeah. moving images. That's totalitarian to you. There is no human there. They want things to be fake so as to maintain an impeccable image of the. Omnipresent, all good government and all authority, authoritative. That's what it is. All right, we talked for quite a while, and I think it's time to lie flat again. Yeah, let's lie、uh, flat. <laughs> <laughs> let's lie flat.、Uh, okay. I enjoyed it as、uh, as any time. So, yeah, me too.、Um, was good to talk to you. And, and、uh, see you next month. You soon for another subject. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. With chopsticks, the truth about dictatorships. A podcast with Chin Li Wen and Marcel Chang.